Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It is the Get Right here on 105.3 The Fan. That is a three-time Hall of Famer, Chris Arnold. Got you down. My name is Alec Medford. Ross Lebensky holding things down for you, the Turn It On, Leave It On listener. Appreciate you so very much for joining us here on 105.3 The Fan, your home of Dallas Cowboys football and your World Series champion, Texas Rangers. The truckwreck.com text line is 877-881-1053, to get involved in any and all of our conversations as well as live on Twitch and YouTube, twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam or 105.3 The Fan on YouTube. Coming up on the other side, will Shohei Otani's first pitch for the Dodgers be a sales pitch? We'll talk about that. Here in about uh, 20 minutes or so, we got CA Stories Confidential to wrap up the hour, but we open up hour number two with a conversation about these Dallas Mavericks because I was doing some uh, reading from a lovely piece by the great Tim Cato Mm -hmm. of The Athletic, and the headline reads, Luka Doncic is still the orchestrator, but Mavericks supporting cast deserves its props too. And I think that is especially true after yesterday's game uh, Blake and I were kind of breaking things down as it happened for the Mavs yesterday against the Lakers and something that we just kept uh, literally screaming during the breaks was Dante Exum. Like, yeah, the fact that he was not even in the league, uh, just a couple of months ago and he's out here getting quality minutes and putting up some really important numbers for you in this Mavericks team. And then you just look up and down the rest of the bench. You're seeing guys contribute all over the place. Derek Lively, uh, you expected him, I don't know, two or three years from now to maybe be something for you. He's doing something for you right now, all up and down this bench. You are getting all kinds of contributions and just so far, what can you say? Because you've been up close for a lot of this, CA. Mm-hmm. What can you say about, because I don't know what what else there is left to say. Like, we've been amazed, and we just keep getting amazed by guys that, if you told me three months ago, hey, Dante Exum's going to play 33 minutes in a game against the Lakers for you, I'd be like, oh, no. What happened? What went wrong? And now, I'm trusting these guys. Yeah, you got to trust them because the record speaks for itself. They're 15-8. and eight. In third place in the Western Conference, they have never not been a top-five team since the season started. And this is with a schedule where the Dallas Mavericks spent a majority of their time on the road. In the first ten games alone, they were in a different city every single night game. You follow me? Every night they were in a different yep. city, whether it was Dallas or someplace else, and they still are 15-8. and eight. And the reason you have to say, okay, well, why is this happening? you got to get props for props are deserved. 
Nico Harrison and Michael Finley in the front office making the strategic moves. There's no one that can say to this day, well, they don't know how to team build. They don't know how to build a team. That guy from Nike doesn't know what he's doing. You cannot say that. And you cannot say that uh, the coaching staff doesn't know what to coach. Uh, if you can just say the three or two and a half year sample of Jason Kidd, last year you can say that's got to be the outlier because that was the one year where the team wasn't playing well. Here's, but Tim, let me show you how well they were playing. They led the league in one possession losses. You follow me? Yeah. It would always come down to either the Mavericks couldn't make a last shot or they gave up a last shot, which meant they weren't getting blown out every night, which meant that they were competitive, which meant that the players never quit on the coaching staff. They always tried. They were just outmanned. The year before, he took a team that nobody expected was going anywhere to the Western Conference Finals. This year, they're 12-8. and eight. And by the way, he did shake up his assistant coaching staff as well. With that being said, look at these new players that they've added. You want youth? You've got youth. And I'm looking squarely at Derek Lively II. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, I just get so excited for Mavs games now because I know that you actually have a real big man that is going to give you uh, not just the effort that a guy like Dwight Powell will give you each and every play, but, but he was he's too got small. exactly. But he's got the actual physical attributes, yes. and you know he's started all but one game for which he's been available, which has been nice because you talk about a guy like Kyrie Irving. I was mm -hmm. talking with Reggie about this last week. Is like you know forget all the off the court stuff. Kyrie is a guy that will miss some time on you, and right now. With this roster construction, especially with the way that they're playing now, you just need guys that will play. You need guys that will be available. And give Luka his credit, too. This guy's out here playing 40-plus minutes a game most nights. And this is after having to witness childbirth and not get any sleep after. He oh, goes out there. some while? Since him becoming a girl dad, and by the way, Dante Exum also became a girl dad yeah. the very next night, Luka has donned a headband, and headband Luka has not lost a game. I'm just saying. Coincident? I think not. And like you mentioned, him having a little baby in the house, that doesn't mean he's getting a lot, a lot of sleep as well. And he's playing these back-to-back. -back. He's playing 40 minutes. But at the same time, he's receiving help that a lot of quote-unquote experts didn't see. Now, you can say all you want about, well, these guys are young. Dante Exum isn't young. He was a number five pick in the draft a couple of years ago, but he yeah. didn't last very long. He's back, though, and obviously Nico Harrison was able to find him. He put on a show last night against the Lakers with seven threes. Seven threes. <laughs> that, that he's going to do that every single time, but guess what? Tim Hardaway Jr. had 32 points and a lot of threes himself. Tim Hardaway Jr. is now the leading contender for sixth man of the year. Why? Because Jason Kidd said, you know what, Timmy? I need you to come off the bench. If he didn't trust the coach, he wouldn't do it. He'd be a jerk about it because that's what some guys do. Or he'd demand a trade. He's, there was talk early in the year, well, he might be traded. He still could be traded, but I doubt it at this point. And as different players wind up being hurt, let, let me tell you how they've been doing this roster so well. Josh Green, going into the season, everybody, oh, man, he's, they didn't extend his contract. What are they going to Quietly, they extended his contract. Right now, he's got an arm injury, um, which is exact. I think it's the same arm from two years ago. What's the old boy's name from Duke that always – the dirty player from Duke, the uh, the guard? Grayson Allen? Grayson Allen. Yeah. yeah Grayson Allen tried to hyperextend and snap his elbow and have a year ago, yeah. and that's why Josh Green missed like a month of the season when he was on fire. Well, 
Josh Green, he's been quietly extended, and it's a nice contract. Just like for those who are wondering about Dante Exum, how about a two-year contract where the last year is not guaranteed and it's $3 million a year? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. You cannot it's say Nico Harrison doesn't know what he's doing. It's incredible. And, and let me swing back to, to uh, Derek Lively II. Derek Lively II has bounced. He's tall. He's skinny right now. He's going to fill out, and he's going to be Tyson Chandler. They already say he's Tyson Chandler-esque. But here's the deal. He's got a high basketball IQ. We mentioned Dwight Powell. The reason Dwight Powell started all these games with Luka, because Luka wanted him there, because you see all those things that Luka's doing with Derek Lively II right now, that's what Luka wanted to do with Powell, which is let's get the defense to suck in, and if they don't, then we'll get this easy layup or dunk, or I'm going to get an easy, easy bunny shot. If they suck in, the three-pointers in the corner are going to be wide open. Well, yeah. Powell can only do so much because he's a small he's – a, he's a power forward playing center. And Rick Carlisle's the one that started him there. And Lucas says this works because Powell's got a high IQ. If you look at the uh, – the, uh, off the uh, we call it clean the glass numbers, Powell's numbers are ridiculous. But as you see, you can't use him in the playoffs, and he just tries his best – and fans can't stand it, even though he doesn't demand to start. He's not a jerk. But then they say, okay, we'll solve it and bring in JaVale McGee. Guess what? <laughs> he, don't have the, he don't have the IQ. He's got the bounce, but he didn't have the IQ. That didn't work. Nico Harrison found what works, and he's ahead of schedule. All the experts said, well, you know what? He probably won't be able to help this team until the second half of the season. They'll probably have to start him out in the G League. Not only is he helping the team, he's leading the NBA in field goal percentage. I'm just telling you what's going on here. And you mentioned he's only missed one game. Why did he miss a game? How come he got undercut and fell on his back and missed a game? Yeah. But he came right back, and he's still flying above the rim. So you got a high IQ, you got a bounce, he's got bounce, and again, he is what Lucas always dreamed if Dwight Powell only had some height, if JaVale McGee only had an IQ. I want to go back to what you were talking about with the style of defense that teams can run against the Mavs. And the latter of the two went into play uh, against the Lakers because they decided that they were going to play the percentages pretty much against Dante Exum. Yep. And they essentially just left him wide open in the uh -huh. wing. And that was a decision to be made because, as you mentioned, he knocked down seven of nine uh, three-point attempts. And playing the percentages there, probably not the best idea. But you got to make a choice against this Mavericks team because, like you mentioned, you either play in to try to defend the magic that is Luka Doncic and Derek Lively, that combo there. But now they're finding out ever since what was it, four games ago, they started putting Exum yeah. into the starting lineup. Uh -huh. He's been averaging 33 minutes per game, and he is a slashing connector out there in the wing. And scheming him open is not something that every team is going to be able to get away with. And sure, he's going to have his bad nights. Maybe that was just a really good night for Exum. But it's at least proving that teams are going to have to get a little bit more creative against uh, these, this Mavericks offensive attack. And notice that the coaching staff is also very creative. To give you an idea where I'm going with this, Jason Kidd said before the season started, Jay Kidd said, we're going to be looking at all these different players and see how we can possibly use them. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, they got a lot of road games. He's going to be looking at guys to start the season because that's what he did when he first got here. See, Jason Kidd was the one who started Jalen Brunson, not Rick Carlisle. It was Jason Kidd, and Jason Kidd did this uh, at the end of December, beginning of January, and you saw where it got him. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. In other words, he was looking 
with who can help and who couldn't. He was also doing that with Christian Wood, who didn't get off the bench against the Lakers last uh, uh, with the Lakers last night. Christian Wood does not have a high basketball IQ. He was always late to practice, and he doesn't know defense and didn't try on defense, and they had to call out the defensive plays for him during games. But the fans say, he's a walking bucket. We want to see more Christian Wood. Jason Kidd saw early he cannot help us in the playoffs. So where I'm going with this right now is this. Derek Lively showed him some some things, and he started starting him. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to keep starting him, but you see what's working. I'm going to swing you back around to Derek, not Derek Lively, but Derek Jones Jr., airplane mode. Jason Kidd and the coaching staff shocked the world by starting Derek Jones Jr. Nobody saw that coming. And what was he doing? He was making plays. He's athletic. He can dunk. But guess what? He shocked the world hitting threes. What did Derek Jones Jr. say last week? He's bounced around a couple of teams, Miami, Chicago, Portland, and he said, Jason Kidd, Gave me a light. I'm not calling it the green light, but he said, I want you to shoot the ball. Don't be afraid to shoot the ball. He's been lighting it up on threes. Nobody saw that coming. But guess what? you got to give credit where credit is due. The coaching staff saw it and said, let's utilize it, not let's just say, okay, we're going to go with Josh Green and this guy and this guy. In other words, the guys you know from last year. And then there were fans, like I said, some fans get it. Some fans are toxic. If you're listening right now, I'm not accusing you of being toxic, but you might have a friend or two who is toxic. Yeah. All right? Don't let them influence you. Yeah. Enjoy this 15-8 and eight record and realize that the coaching staff knows what they're doing and they're looking over this roster, which is going to pay dividends the second half of the season. Notice we haven't talked very much about Kyrie except for that, you know, he's got a history of injury, okay? Yeah. And he's hurt right now. What you do know, and you found out before he got hurt this last time when Dwight Powell got flipped on his back and fell on Kyrie's uh, foot, and it could have been much much worse. But what you found out is the Luka Kyrie experiment works. It works in dividends. So when Kyrie is available to play, it works. And the Dallas Mavericks, as I mentioned last year, were dead last in one possession Wins. In other words, they they led the league in one possession losses. Yeah. Late, late game, they couldn't they couldn't close the game. Right now, they're number one in clutch wins, including last night's two point win over the Lakers on a back to back against a team who has not played. I'm talking about the Lakers since they won the NBA, NBA Cup last Saturday. The Lakers were fresh. Anthony Davis and LeBron combined for seventy. <laughs> and the Mavericks still beat them. Why? Because they're number one in clutch games now. And who's the most clutch player in the NBA in the fourth quarter? His name is Kyrie Irving. But who else is his partner in crime? His name is Luka Doncic. Yep. And right now, head Ben Luka is undefeated. He is undefeated. And we did get a text from the 214. How much of Lively's success with field goal percentage illustrates, again, just how Luka makes those players around him better. And I actually do have a pretty staggering number that comes from the athletic. They got the second spectrum data on how much Luka Doncic has been blitzed in pick and roll situations. Mm -hmm. He's been blitzed 140 times already this year. And just to give you an idea of how stupid that is, the, the next most uh, blitzed player in pick-and-roll situations is Cade Cunningham. He's been blitzed 62 times yeah, compared Cade to Cunningham's Lucas 140. By the way, shout-out to Cade Cunningham. Yeah, shout-out to the local kid. And, and by the way, Detroit's in big trouble. They've lost 20-some games in a row. Yeah, at least they're trying, right? At least they're trying. They're a young team. They're a very, very young team. But back to Luka, dude, 
He's double teamed, and the solution is you pick your poison. You're going to double team him, and 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 uh, Kyrie's going to get you. And if Kyrie's not out there, any of these other guys, uh, Derek Lively, uh, Dante Exum, Derek Jones Jr., I could go on and on and on. And and right now, and Tim Hardaway has been on more than he's been off. He says this is what he says. Tim Hardaway says he was coming off that injury. That's why he was either on fire or very cold. I don't know about all that. All I know is right now he's been on more than he's been off, and he's been driving to the basket a whole lot and been very successful at it. Josh Green, I, I ever since ever since Grayson Allen messed up his arm, I'm not saying that's messed up his shot, he just doesn't know where he belongs. I'm, I'm still waiting for him to find his role. I do know this. The Mavericks have one more move to make, and it's not going to be some big guy that has a low basketball IQ, uh, Andre Drummond, who ain't coming mm-hmm. here. Don't bring him here because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's you got to have a high IQ guy to play high IQ basketball with Kyrie and Luca. You follow him going with this? Yeah. Derek Lively can do this, and you cannot stunt the growth of Derek Lively. You're looking for a guy like, and this is these guys are probably going to be hard to get. And I doubt if the Mavericks can get them, but you want somebody like Pascal Siakam or o, Obi uh, Obi OG Obi Abinami. You know what I'm trying to say? His yeah, name Ananobi. Before. Yeah, Ananobi. Yeah, OG Ananobi. Uh, uh, Jeremy. Up there in Portland, um, forget the guy. Port, he's a he's a power forward. Jeremy Grant, I believe it is. Yeah, Jeremy Grant. Yeah, he's good too. Even Clint Capella's in the mix still. I know they're going to make one more move. I don't know who it could possibly be. They're not going to do a knee-jerk thing because they know what they're doing. And even if you don't want to trust them, that's fine. But the results speak for themselves. Ever since Nico Harris has landed in Dallas, they've been to the Western Conference Finals. Ever since Jason, Western Conference Finals, and oh, let me, I got to say this again one more time. I got to say this again. And Jason Kidd again, like I said, Western Conference Finals, and this got this team 15 and 8 right now. You can doubt it all you want, let it play out, that's fine. But I'm going to say this once again. I remember the last two games of the season last year, people were losing their minds because the Mavericks, quote unquote, did not try to win those two games. I'm going to say this succinctly, and it's real simple. You would not have Derek Lively the second or Omax Prosper with that first round pick that the Knicks would have owned if the Mavericks had tried to make the playoffs, which they wouldn't have made. And this is how you tell people why they didn't compete in those last two games or try hard. The Mavericks had two games to play. If they won both of those against Chicago and San Antonio, they would have the same record as Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City would have to lose to the Memphis Grizzlies for the Mavericks to make the playoffs. Memphis had the second-best record in the West. Memphis could not go up and down if they had beaten Oklahoma City. Could you guarantee Memphis was going to play their starters and try to win against Oklahoma City? No. Why would that? It would have been the stupidest thing of all time to, quote-unquote, give it everything you got. Oklahoma City waltzes over Memphis because Oklahoma City's trying to make the playoffs for the first time in years, and Memphis is resting all their starters because they don't want anybody to get hurt. And everybody would have said, you gave away your pick to the New York Knicks just to get eliminated in the first round of the play-in. That's why the Mavericks did not try hard the last two games and only got fined. Because if you ask the NBA, you say, how can you guarantee that Memphis is going to try? You're going to guarantee that Memphis is going to play all their starters and those starters are going to try their best, injury be damned, on a game that was meaningless for them. It's all true. Just facts. And uh, real quick before we get out of here, in case anybody missed it, the 
uh, fallout of the Draymond Green situation yesterday Uh-oh. with Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, the NBA has suspended Draymond Green indefinitely. There wow. will be no timetable on they were his return. at least 10 games. Wow. Yeah, so indefinitely. And Sham Sharania of The Athletic following up saying that he is expected to receive counseling and work with the Warriors and NBA while suspended. Um, and he will, kind of similar to Kyrie Irving's situation, uh, he's going to have to meet certain criteria before a return to play. Kind of like so, John Moran, too. Yeah, so... Uh, John, John Moran said all the right things, but then guess what? He did it again. It's going to be a bit of a path to a return for Draymond Green. That's Come, consistent, though, by the way. I give the league credit for being consistent absolutely. with what they've been doing. Yeah, right down the middle. Coming up next on the Get Right, will Shohei Otani's first pitch for the Dodgers be a sales pitch? MLB executives weigh in next on the Get Right. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3, the fan about to have some Shohei Otani conversation because is his first pitch for the Dodgers going to be a sales pitch? We'll talk about it here in just a moment. Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. And he is live at the Star in Frisco after Cowboys crosstalk. Another great addition with that win. As the special guest Eric Chiafalo and Nate Newton alongside as well. A great listen and appreciate you for sticking around to hang out with us until 11 o'clock tonight. Coming up on the other side, another Hall of Fame edition of CA Stories Confidential. But uh, a couple things on Shohei Otani. Before we get into this sales pitch thing, we did get uh, more information on the contract details itself Mm -hmm. from the Associated Press And this might just be turning into the most complex contract I've ever seen in sports uh, because the reporting from the AP today is that Shohei Otani can opt out of his Dodgers deal if controlling owner Mark Walter or president of baseball operations Andrew Friedman lose their roles with the team. (laughs) So he is tied to the brain trust of this team now. (laughs) That's called job protection. Yeah. It's incredible because he knows that's the team that or the group that brought him in, that gave him the money, that trusted in him right. to help bring this. And if either one of them leave, he can just say, I'm done. See ya. Someone else will give me another $700 million across 20 years. You know what's years. so smart about that whole deal? That predicts all three of them. It's not just one way yeah. on Otani's side. Because think about it. Sometimes a GM or a coach comes in or whatever, manager comes, and all of a sudden the team's not doing well. And they get rid of those guys, and the star players like what? What the hell? I came here for Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> it's a great. It's just great all around. Like this deal just gets more and more intriguing by mm-hmm. the day, and especially when you start to hear what the aftermath of it might be. So uh, here in a little bit, in a few minutes, I'm going to get into Ken Rosenthal put out a piece where he asked around the league and got some reaction to the deal from MLB executives. And some of the reaction is fantastic. We'll get into that here in just a moment. But uh, Fabian Ardea and Ken Rosenthal uh, put together some reporting today. What's next for the Dodgers? And Shohei Otani's first pitch that he throws for the team might actually be a sales pitch. And what do I mean by that? Well, the Dodgers, uh, they want to use Shohei Otani as like a marketing ploy to bring in Yoshinobu Yamamoto. There you go. And uh, so they had a visit with Yamamoto today, apparently, where uh, Shohei Otani, Mookie Betts, and Freddie Freeman were all present 
uh, for the presentation that they made to the right-hander, uh, the sensation out of Japan uh, at Dodger Stadium, according to four people familiar with the details of the meeting. And that's just, that's the most Dodgers thing I've ever heard. Actually, if we're being... to me, it's, it's not that unusual. Let me put it in these terms. The NBA has been doing it for years. They, in fact, the Mavericks wanted Dirk to do it, and Dirk, that's not his personality. Whenever they talk about guys teaming up, they would whine it, or they're recruiting a free agent. The players, do you know this guy? Did you play ball with him? Do you know? Yeah. That's what they would do. It sounds strange in baseball because baseball is so old-fashioned. But why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? And apparently there's actually history with Mookie Betts as well uh, with Yamamoto. Uh, they have some sort of, uh, like, connection there, some mm -hmm. sort of friends. And then Otani and Yamamoto sure. uh, were teammates with Samurai Japan during last spring's World Baseball Classic. What was happening with Shaq Leonard just last week with the Maverick, with the Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles? It's yeah. the friends showing around the, the facilities and the former coaches, the relationship. Why would you not do that? They just never talked. Those old, old Cromudgian writers would never really talk about it in baseball, but it's the only logical thing you do. This is the 21st century. And I just, I was wondering as soon as this deal came through and you saw that there was going to be massive deferrals, uh, because I saw, I think it was John Boy Media tweeted as soon as we saw the, you know, 680 million in deferrals come up. Mm -hmm. He said, I now fully believe that Yamamoto is a Dodger. And that's where my mind went was, okay, what blockbuster trade are they going to make? Or what signing? Are, are they going to bring in Blake Snell, Yamamoto? Mm -hmm. Are they going to trade for Tyler Glasnow, which we got some reporting last night that apparently the Dodgers are very intrigued by a Tyler Glasnow. They're even thinking about trading for Randy Arozarena, according to other reports. Like it, it was just almost like we could see it all the way through when Otani signed and we didn't even know the $680 million yet. We just knew massive deferrals. It was, okay, they're going to go buy an all-star team. So at first I was kind of okay with the deal. I was like, yeah, it's in the CBA. It's okay. Like if the league allows it, if the league is marketing the hell out of it like they are, then sure. The Dodgers are just using this to the best of their ability and they're not breaking the rules. But now it, it totally seems like, hey, let's buy a team and see where we can go with it. And look, it hasn't exactly worked out for other teams that have tried this similar idea of buying an all-star team. You just saw the 2023 New York Mets uh, kind of go down in flames. But now it's just getting ridiculous, isn't it? No, and let me explain why. I want to calm everybody's nerves who feel that way because you keep thinking it's only $2 million hit. No, it's actually a $46 million hit. That's what they call the CBT figure, the competitive balance figure, the, the above the, the tax threshold figure. Everybody's consumed with this $2 million and it's really not $700 million and all. This is just the way hedge fund people move around money, okay? It's scary if you don't know the dirty details, but it's really not. In other words, the Dodgers might have a slight competitive advantage, but not this enormous competitive advantage where they've tricked up the system. They really haven't. And the reason I'm saying this is because I read a lot about it, and I have been reading this book about Deutsche Bank, one of the biggest banks in the world, and what their issues were over the years, over the last, you know, 30 or 40 years. And I've watched all the hedge funds and the stock market people and what they, how they move this money around and derivatives. See, people, aren't, people in sports don't think that way. 
You have to know those kind of people to know what they're doing. So when they put these deals together, it's kind of like me saying for years, Dak's going to get at least $35, $40 million. Oh, that's too much money. I'm like, the TV money. I kept saying the streaming rights. People thought I was speaking Japanese. They're like, well, I, I don't know anything about streaming uh, the, the, the regular networks. Uh, there's going to be $100 billion at stake. The, the thing's going to go up. But people didn't want to hear that. Now they sort of understand it. With this Dodgers deal with Otani, do not be afraid of his CBT and thinking it's only $2 million. It's $46 million a year. Okay? With that being said, I said this uh, a couple of nights ago with you. Yesterday, whenever we were on together, two, two nights ago, the Mets tried to buy a title. Didn't work. The Braves are the best team in all of baseball. Did not win the title. The Dodgers last year won over 100 games. Did not win the title. Just because you spend the money doesn't mean you're going to win the title. And if you say, well, the smaller markets don't have a chance. The sense, excuse me, the Kansas City Royals won the World Series about five years ago. Okay? And I was looking at one of these quotes. You were talking about the different quotes in this article. One of the quotes from a smaller market guy said, let the babies cry. And this is a small market guy said, they haven't done anything because he understands about the CBT. Until fans read up on the CBT, they can clutch their pearls all they want. I'm not. I will have to amend a little bit of that because the Dodgers will actually maintain that $2 million for the first two seasons. So uh, that $46.9 million doesn't kick in for two years. And, so, but guess what? That deferred $68 million in 24 through 22, 2020, they've got to hold that, and they've got to be able to use it. You follow what I'm saying? So even though you're bringing up that part of the equation – it's still not some enormous competitive advantage. That's my point. It's not some enormous competitive advantage. Because, again, they still have got to compete. They still have got to I, – I don't care how much money you throw at people. That doesn't mean you're going to win a whole damn thing. Well, the reason I bring it up is because, you know, with the international signings, there is a posting fee that the team would have to play if – or pay, excuse me, if – they were to get Yamamoto on, let's say, a $300 million contract. That posting fee would be $46 million, essentially lining up perfectly with what they would have to uh, pay in uh, deferral payments for Otani starting in 2026. So if they were to start planning out that $46 million and acting like it was right now, that posting fee combined with Otani's salary would actually meet in the middle. So it would actually be better for them to start acting like that those payments are starting right now because even with a hypothetical $300 million contract, it would still add up to be the same thing. So and it does play in their favor a little bit. It does. And, and competitively speaking, right now, those first couple of years, they don't have a whole Atani, do they? He's not pitching for a while, right? Yeah, he's not so going to pitch until 2025. Let the babies cry. And some of the quotes that Ken Rosenthal was able to get from high-ranking executives across Major League Baseball. Uh, the first executive said the very first words out of their mouth was, I wonder how much of that money is deferred. Mm -hmm. So uh, these executives kind of already had an idea of what was going on down there. And uh, some other quotes from other executives, one saying, quote, most agents would probably say it's the worst thing ever because that's what happens when some guy gets a record deal. But I think in this case, it's the truth. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen for a lot of reasons end quote um and that's an agent saying that by the way yeah by the way agents get mad because guess what they get a cut of the percentage of the contract and if it's deferred guess when they get their money 
When would See that what I'm be? saying? Yeah. I'm just saying there's always some backstories to people's comments, and you should never take, especially from agents' face value, never take from agents' face value. They always have an angle. Ask Boris. He's the devil. That same agent said, this is the best player ever. You're never going to be able to surpass it. No player will ever be more valuable. It will be 100 years before we see someone like him again. Yeah. Uh, it's the opportunity lost that is upsetting to me from an agent and then from a head of baseball ops says uh, it was in line with expectations. I think they dressed it up to get that shock value, that mm -hmm. big number. But when you actually factor in the present value with the deferrals, it's in the range you would have expected. So some of these owner, uh, head of baseball ops, excuse me, saying, like, look, we kind of saw this coming. And uh, you know what? I'll give you the comp. I'm going to give you the comp, a football comp. When Patrick Mahomes signed his contract with the Kansas City Chiefs, his extension, it's a half a billion dollars. It's five hundred million. Now they know he was worth it because he's Patrick Mahomes, just like Otani's Otani. But they're like a half a billion dollars. This is before the TV money came out. Well, guess what? You found out there's all kind of escalator clauses in there, or the or the Kansas City Chiefs really didn't spend that kind of money, or it's not really outrageous. You follow? I'm going with this. There's comps. And from, let's see, I had one that I wanted to get to from another uh, head of baseball operations for a different team saying the fact of the matter is what you were touching on, the guy's not pitching right now. The yep. only thing I thought could uh, happen is where there would be a deal that has incentives if he pitches. But the idea was he was going to get 575 to 600 million straight up without pitching is kind of ridiculous. And that's not happening. So, <laughs> and by the way, here's one more for you because this is right out of that article as well. Is the last comments to give it out to me? The reason they save this comment last is to make everybody understand that the comments are all over the board. This is from one of the smaller market executives. He said, "Just not going to show any outrage here, bunch of babies." There you have it. Some very mixed perceptions on the overall shock value, the numbers, the deferrals, and everything around Shohei Otani as they are literally days in using him as a marketing sales pitch to Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yamamoto excuse me. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I said, it's smart think, business. Think it's smart business. It's, it's no different than the Cowboys using their players and coaches to talk to Shaq Leonard, the Eagles using their coaches and, and players who are familiar with Shaq Leonard to talk to him. It's, it's nothing different. Baseball act like this is I clutch these, these Crumudgeon writers clutching their pearls. This has never been done before. He's trying to be a, a negotiator, too. They do it across sports all the time. From the 214, only hiring Bruce Bochy guarantees a World Series. Thank Not you. getting Shohei Otani. Love it. <laughs> Coming up next on the Get Right, it's time for another Hall of Fame edition of CA Stories Confidential. Where are we going? When sports and entertainment mix, how about the time I brought the Cowboys over to meet Michael Jackson on the Victory Tour? Next on 1053 The Fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Back here on the Get Right on 105.3 The Fan, Alec Medford and the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. And you, the Tolo, the Turn It On or Even On listener. We appreciate you so very much for rocking with us here on a Wednesday night. On 105.3 The Fan, your home of Dallas Cowboys football and the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. But right now, it's time for another Hall of Fame edition of CA Stories Confidential. Why, thank you, Alec. Thank you, Ross. Thank you to all the Tolos. Um, Alec, I got a question for you before I get started. Okay. Do you know who this year's Time Magazine Person of the Year is? I saw it, but I don't remember. It is, as Tony Romo put it, Jason, I mean, uh, Travis Kelsey's wife. Oh, yeah. Not shocking. Not shocking. Taylor Swift. And this is the second time. She was actually Time Magazine Person of the Year a few years ago. Incredible. And no, I have never met Taylor Swift. I will say this. I have met her husband. (laughs) (laughs) Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I've interviewed him, and he's actually been in town a couple of times. I actually know some people who know them. I'm like, what? Because they kind of go up to Kansas City and they know um, Patrick Mahomes and his family and they're in the suite up there with um, Travis Kelsey's mom and Taylor Swift shows up. So I've been hearing some stories. And I only bring this up because what has this got to do with CA Stories Confidential? Well, this is when entertainment meets sports. People who know all about football, they know about the Kansas City Chiefs. They know about Travis Kelsey. They've seen some of his commercials. They know that Travis Kelsey and, and Patrick Mahomes have won a couple of Super Bowls and the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL uh, via the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champs. And they probably know all of this stuff, but Taylor Swift fans didn't know that till she started going out with him, right? Yeah. And in the world of entertainment and sports, when they collide, it, it gets kind of interesting. Emma Smith, of course, the all-time leading rusher in, in NFL history, everybody in football knew who Emma Smith was. Cowboys, three Super Bowls on nine yards. He said when he got on Dancing with the Stars and he won it, he said people would stop him in the airports. You're Emma Smith from Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> Grandmas. You know what I mean? That's amazing. Just crazy. So when these things collide, it's really kind of cool and sometimes funny. And I go back to 1984. Have you ever, ever tell a story about how I brought the Cowboys over to meet Michael Jackson and the Jacksons? I don't think so. I don't okay, think so I've heard this, it. 
this crazy story. It's this pretty fun story, kind of wild story. So this is one of the things I love about working at K104. Because uh, K104, of course, is a music station, but back in the day, hip-hop station right now. Back in the day, it was music, news, sports, weather, and traffic. Full-service affiliate of the Associated Press, Honanio. So I'm sports director there, and I cover sports, but of course, I got to go to all the concerts and stuff. I got the tickets, go backstage. I mean, I'm like, yeah, man, this is the best of both worlds. Cause I love music, and I'm just doing all that stuff. And when the Jacksons and Michael Jackson did their quote-unquote last tour together. Michael Jackson was at the top of his powers. Thriller was the number one album in America. The Jacksons, of course, since they were the Jackson 5, everybody knew about the Jacksons, and they decided to go on the stadium tour. And now that's not a big deal. You know, rock bands go on stadium tours all the time, but back in the early 80s, maybe the Rolling Stones might go on the stadium tour. Everybody else, they stuck to arenas. But the Jacksons and Michael Jackson reuniting for the one last tour was such a big thing. It was selling out all over America. The first stop was Kansas City, and then they had three nights in a row at Texas Stadium. Texas Stadium for a concert could hold about 75,000 people, and that was insane for back in the day. Well, of course, I'm definitely going to go to that concert. And I've you know, been to Jackson's and Michael Jackson concerts before, and Met him over the years and whatnot. Tom Joyner, who was doing the morning show at K104, they asked him to be the MC for the tour. Wow. I was like, whoa, Tom, I got to get backstage. He said, I can't help <laughs> you. I'm not in charge of this thing. I said, well, who is? He said, Don King. I said, wait a minute. I've done stuff with boxing and promoters and Don King in the past. I know all about how to get a hold of Don King. And I also knew all about how to get a hold of the record company people who were doing stuff with the Jacksons. And I'm like, okay, I want to get backstage. But, of course, this whole thing was so big. Nobody can get backstage. It's not a normal concert. Nobody can do this. Nobody can do And I'm like, what can I do? I want to go backstage. I've met the Jacksons before. I've met Michael Jackson before. But I want to go to the Holy Grail. I want to go backstage at the biggest concert of the year. And I said, I know how to do this. Here's what I decided to do. I said, the Dallas Cowboys are the biggest franchise in sports in America. And they're coming to play at their stadium. Maybe if I could get the Cowboys to go backstage with me, they'll let me backstage. So I decided I'm going to set up this meeting because I knew the Cowboys. I know all the players and stuff. Like I said, I was in my early 20s. I was hanging out with those guys all the time, just hanging out with them. I wasn't some old curmudgeon writer. <laughs> I was a young 22, 23-year-old guy, and I'm like, I'm going to – I know the Cowboys, and I know the record company people, and I know Don King, and not him personally, but I know how to get a hold of him, and I, we're going to pull this off. So I talked to all the right people, and I said, Tony Dorsett, Dexter Klingscale, Dennis Thurman. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I got backstage. Oh, I got a couple. I said, okay. Tony Hill. I said, okay. Y'all, let's see if I can't. Y'all want to go backstage and meet Michael Jackson? And the yeah, man, we want to go. I said, let me see what I can do. Well, the first thing was they were staying at the Anatole. In the newest part, the big tower part, that was the newest part of the Anatole at the time. And they had the presidential suites, that whole floor. And I said, 
I talked to the record company people, and they said, we can go backstage, but we got to get the passes from the Jacksons at the hotel. Mm. Now, part of the deal was this. Michael Jackson could not stand Don King. He did not want Don King involved with this concert at all, but his brothers outvoted him. And since this was the last thing he was ever going to do with them in life, I mean, as far as concerts and stuff, he said, okay, okay, this time. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we meet over at the Anatole, and you know, they have tight security, and they have all these fans all over the lobby because the word is spread that the Jacksons were staying at the Anatole. So I got Tony Dorsett, Tony Hill, Dexter Klinkscale, and, and Dennis Thurman, and we're all there. And they said, well, the Jacksons aren't here right now. They're doing a sound check. They're like, what? They told us to meet us over here at the hotel. We can't let you up until they get there. I'm like, oh, hell. So we're down there in a different part of the lobby away from the fans who were going crazy because some of them knew who the Cowboys were. And then they said, okay, come on up. So we go up, and the Jacksons are all there except for Michael. And they said, Michael's still at the sound check. He's doing something kind of special. Hmm. And I said, hmm. Hmm. And then we got our passes. And then we go to the show. Well, we found out what Michael was doing special when we got backstage. And by the way, Tom Jones was shocked to see me backstage. He said, hey, judge. He's calling me judge. Hey, judge. <laughs> how'd you get back here? I said, hey, I brought some of the Cowboys with me. And he said, man, y'all here. I said, yeah, we're here. So we go back in the back, and of course, Michael Jackson and the Jacksons had the Cowboys locker room at Texas Stadium that they used for the games. And back there, Michael had Eddie Van Halen. Wow. Van Halen was performing in Dallas the very next night. The Jacksons were there Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Van Halen was performing at Reunion Arena on that Saturday on that Saturday. So Eddie Van Halen, who had played with beat it. They, he played Beat It. He played the instrument, the uh, solo, the guitar solo and Beat It. He played it, but he never performed it live in concert or anywhere on an award show or anything with Michael ever, except for at Texas Stadium. Here it is now. Go ahead and play it, Ross. Everybody knows Beat It. It is Eddie Van Halen doing the solo. And he played it at that concert that night. That's and incredible. everybody lost it. Because there's Eddie Van Halen on stage. With the Jacksons doing this. <coughs> and I'm on the side of the stage watching it with some of the Cowboys. That's incredible. Oh, it gets it gets deeper than that. So they play it all three nights. I go to all three shows with and without the Cowboys. And People Magazine wrote a story about it. They came out with a special Michael Jackson edition of People Magazine because that's how big he was. He's like as big as Taylor Swift is now. And this is what the story said. It said, tough guys like Michael Jackson, too. In July, several members of the Dallas Cowboys asked Chris Arnold, sports director at radio station K104 FM, to arrange a meeting with, their, with the singer. So Arnold took Robert Newhouse, Tony Hill, Dennis Thurman, and Dexter Klingscale to a concert. Uh, by the way, Dorsett just went to the hotel. When the jocks joined Michael backstage, Jackson recognized uh, safety Klingscale, who had posed for a local newspaper, The Morning News, dressed as Michael on the Thriller cover. A year earlier, Michael said, hey, that was you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was me at first. Where did you get the clothes? 
Near the end of the half-hour meeting, Arnold, lacking any paper, pulled out a dollar bill for Jackson to sign. Kleinscale had the same problem, but Cowboy's salaries being what they are, he got Michael to sign a $50 bill. And then they had a picture of Dexter Kleinscale on there. And, That's great. And it was in People Magazine. And again, I still have that People Magazine. And I have the dollar bill. Michael signed one side of it, and his brothers signed the other. And there you go. I arranged the meeting of the Dallas Cowboys and Michael Jackson just so I could get backstage. <laughs> That's why he's in three Hall of Fames, people. Another legendary edition of CA Stories Confidential. And coming up next on the Get Right, we're going to rank each NFC playoff team's strength of schedule. Who has the easiest path? We'll do that next on the Get Right. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.